And welcome to the Glazed Donut Project. I am Zach Robinson. And I'm Gray Gilbert. Nice to meet you, Gray. Never seen you before. Never seen you so, in my life. Never before. Just two guys randomly met on the street, and here we are. So, <laughs> how you doing today, Gray? Doing good. Good. You ready for I'm this? I'm very anxious to do this. <laughs> and I know quite a few people are as well. Absolutely. So, what do we want to make of this? Well... This podcast, are you asking what this podcast is? Yeah, what's, what, do like, we, what, what is it? Yeah, what do we want the podcast to be? You know, what, what do you think, what, what, what's our vision here? Our vision is to kind of set the facts straight. We know what the news tells us, but what do the people have to say? What are the facts? What is the truth? And by doing this, we go like on the streets, we're asking people, you know, political questions, getting their insights. We're going to do just a bunch of random things that the media won't ever show you. Uh, and trying to get the true narrative of how people feel about certain topics here. Uh, so, Greg, do you want to get started on our first topic? What is What are we going to dive into here first? Sure. I think we are going to dive into gas prices. Gas prices. Which I know, th- we all know they're going down. But let's not forget, they're still a dollar seventy-two higher than, what, last year? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, significantly up there. Um, so that was one of the first questions we asked people. So we went to the Three Rivers Parade, also the Pride Festival, just to try and get a bunch of different kind of opinions and everything. And uh, we'll go ahead and show that clip here really fast for you guys. Uh, what do you guys think about the current gas prices? They're high. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely high. Uh, they hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I hate paying them. Yeah. I think they're horrible, and they can obviously be fixed. We had better gas prices a few years ago, so... This is not good, man. I don't know what we need to do. If Trump, somebody needs to let the oil go, Biden or somebody with more oil, I don't know what, how we can, we need to do something. Uh, way too high because I really don't believe they need to be that high. If we were the oil and gas uh, from our own resources, I mean, it wasn't that way under Trump, so. No, I feel the same way. I wish we would start drilling and bringing the pipeline in and completing the pipeline. Yeah. They're higher than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> higher than Snoop Dogg. I love that comment. <laughs> higher than Snoop Dogg. Okay, so the consensus is higher than Snoop Dogg. Now, has that affected you guys, like, doing, like, extracurricular stuff, like, going on vacations, extra activity? No, 100%. I used to go out just on drives all the time. There's, like, no point now. If I'm going to fill up 120 bucks each time, there's no point. I won't even <laughs> fill up my tank all the way because I literally can't afford it. And it's also nice to see, like, okay, I'm still maintaining the same budget, but you see, like, how far less it's getting you guys. Uh, I mean, you pay them because you have to. I, I have a... 45 minute commute one way. I do pick it up then, but you just have to look past it. Mostly just sucks. I don't think it's really affected decisions to travel or not. Hurts the credit card bill. We actually both work from home, so we don't have a commute or anything that we have to move. So you guys still kind of benefit from working at home. Now is that still COVID stuff? Uh, mine's just my job requires. Yeah, it kind of stemmed from COVID, but it opened up more opportunities. Yeah, it's definitely affected me. It's affected a lot of people, everyone. Just getting places can be a bit tricky. So the first question we have is, what do you guys think of the current gas prices? Um, I think it could honestly be worse. It could be worse, and I'm glad that they're starting to lower, but I do understand where it comes from. Yeah, it was definitely worse in the beginning, but I'm glad to see them going down. I started driving as like as soon as gas prices shot up. I was kind of suffering for a long time. Um, it sucks. I don't know how um, average people afford it. I think it should be regulated somehow to where it's not like outrageous. They're really high. I'm too broke for this. I don't drive, but they're definitely high when they, you know, they really shouldn't be, definitely. I don't drive either, so, but from what I've noticed, definitely increase. So, holy cow. Uh, one of the first things I remember uh, while interviewing those, like, both the Three Rivers and the Pride Festival was everybody's on the same page. Everybody. Didn't matter if they were straight, gay, white, black, brown, everybody. Like, it, it was, if there's common ground to be found... It's on these damn gas prices. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. nobody... Well, if it affects everybody's wallet. Yes. That's something that's going to make everybody upset. Yeah, and one of the things, too, was, like, I mean, there's still people that work from home, but they were still being greatly affected by, like, what they do outside of, like, just working from their house. Like, you know, that's obviously a nice perk because you have that commute every day, but they're still affected in their personal life. Right. To some degree. Now, gas prices, since... Biden took office, have skyrocketed. So one of the biggest notions coming from at least the left media is that it's all because of Russia, Ukraine. Like, how many times have we heard this? Every day like, for the past, how long? Ever since it started? Ever since. It's like they, they quickly found something to blame all these gas prices on. Now, when gas prices are determined, 
there's several key factors. So you have your taxes, crude oil, which counts for about 70% of the cost, cost to manufacture and produce. So crude oil comes in and then to these refineries and they mix it and then they output our gas of the different octanes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but 70% of the reason why they're so high is due to crude oil prices. Now, what's really interesting, though, is that even though gas prices are so high, we have gas companies recording their highest profits ever on all this. So not only are, you know, the cost to, to produce them and, you know, for it to coming in are going up, they're still marking them up enough per gallon to, pr to produce the most record profits they've ever turned out. Uh, that aggravates me. Yeah. Like, you know, even when we're all suffering, the corporations are still just raking in their money. They're, they're not being affected, but you know, people, none of them were affected. You know, let's say you're making like you're, you know, 16, 17 an hour and you're trying to get to work and it's like, Oh yeah, it's Thursday. I'm almost out of gas. Hopefully I can get to Friday on the next payday. So I can right. fill up my dang tank of gas. Uh, you know, it's just, it's aggravating. Yeah. Which I mean, you heard it when we interviewed people, like they had to cut back on vacations or just trips to the store. Like it's, it's affected everyone's daily life. Just simple living. Can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. Now diving into the numbers of it and everything. So overall gas, you know, crude oil coming in. Um, so United States gets their fuel from one, what we produce ourselves, and then we import in from other countries. Uh, I didn't know this until the show, but, uh, you know, 51% of our crude oil comes from Canada. Like what? of all places, you, I, like, you know, one of the things you hear is like, oh, you know, we, you know, we went to go fight Iraq and all that kind of stuff because we're all focused on oil. Huh. Well, most of it's coming from Canada anyhow. So <laughs> like, right. is that really what we're, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, the, the data kind of changes some narratives here. Uh, but diving into the numbers. So starting, we're going to compare, compare both presidencies here. So Trump and Biden. Now there's obviously the whole aspect of COVID with Trump. Now, another reason gas prices are determined is due to demand. So, you know, during COVID, as we both realized, nobody was driving. No. Less, unless you were essential. Only essential. Only essential workers were allowed to drive. Right. And I, I may sound off when I say this, but I love my commute going to work yeah. every single day because I was like, hey, I'm not getting stopped by a semi because there was no, there, you know, especially there on 30 when I'm going to work. I wasn't getting behind semis, you know, causing me to, you know, get behind on time or whatever it was. It basically, I remember like at one point I was like, oh my gosh, I'm flying to work now. Like there's nothing yeah. stopping me from getting there. Like, I don't even think I hit, like, red lights or anything, like, for a solid, like, <laughs> month and a half. Because, I mean, there was no reason to run the red lights. It sounds awful, but it's probably the most fuel-efficient I had ever been. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the whole essential thing was just aggravating. So I worked for, uh, you know, we were land I was a landscaping company, and we had to provide papers. Do you remember that? We had oh, yeah. The, I, had, all I, had, the, I had papers I had to sign, everything. Had to keep it in your car. There was the, the threat of getting pulled over, and I don't were they threatening to arrest you? They were threatening. What was the threat? Was I think, it a fine? I think at one point in time, it would have been a fine. And then if it was under so many offenses, you could have gotten arrested. And I think that's what they tried pushing. If I remember correctly, I think they struck it down in the, the state house. Uh, or I should say, they basically probably copied whatever Ohio did, because that seems all Indiana does right now. Yeah. <laughs> because Holcomb. Holcomb, yeah, not original guy, but you know he's he's Republican. Just remember that Holcomb went to Davos. <laughs> That'll be another topic that we get yeah. into the whole Davos, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. <clears throat> uh, he, uh, yeah. So it, it basically, we would wait for Ohio to see whatever they did, and basically, and, and I had to study whatever. So the, the Indiana produced like a whole like COVID measure. Just to see, like, you know, this is what we outlined. This is what, you know, here's who's essential. Here's who, who's not. We got off because we were sanitation. Like, we were considered sanitation workers at that point. Yeah. Uh, but what was really funny is that you pulled up both Ohio and Indiana's. They were the same. Exactly the same. It was almost as if they shared a PDF document with each other and said, here you go. Here's your, here's your, here's your measure now. Maybe a few technical yeah. changes, but they were basically the same. Right. So it was like, oh, everybody's on the same page with who's essential and who's not essential. Yeah. Uh, you know, like hairstylists weren't essential, and we saw some nasty hair. Yeah. And especially Unfortunately. This, well, and the funny part is you see like celebrities who. I'm ahead of the curve on that. So. Yeah. You didn't have to worry I'm good. about it. Now, maybe yeah. you're maybe you're like Rogaine went, eh. like, it was hard to get. I don't know. I ain't trying anymore. Okay. Don't give it a shot. You no. look fine. You look fine, bald. So, <laughs> real quick to get back to gas. Yeah. I, uh, just did a simple Google search. Uh, what, what's the solution for high gas prices? And everywhere I looked, 
Um, it seems like electric vehicles is what they're pushing. Do you know how much, on average, an electric vehicle costs? I looked it up because at one point I thought about like an electrical sales vehicle for our business, and I want to say it's about sixty to seventy thousand per vehicle. There's some in there for Nissan has a couple out for thirty two to thirty five. Okay, but they're new. How many used electric vehicles do you see, and how many used electric vehicles vehicles do you see that are going for under under ten? Never. 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 So anybody, you're getting a lease for that car. You're going to have to. Period. And some of the leasing options are even more insane. I mean, it's like, I think with, uh, I think it was like Tesla or something. If you want to lease one, you had to have like seven or 8,000 down. Right. Plus your lease per month. Oh yeah. So it was like, it's, it, I, I've got a, my wife's, uh, cousin firefighter. He's been saving up. I'm paraphrasing. I, I can't remember everything, but I, I remember hearing him say that he's been saving up for a very, very long time so that he could get a Tesla. He's a single firefighter living on his own, and it took him a long time to save up just to put money down on that Tesla. That's insane. That's insane. Like We're it, both married. We've got kids. I, there's no way I could ever afford a Tesla. Don't you miss the days like in high school when you're like trying to make like working for a job and you're trying to buy your first car and it's like, Oh yeah, yeah I only need to save up like, you know, three or 4,000. And now like we're talking the equivalent of almost your yearly salary. Right. For a car. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, you know, the cost of your electric bill skyrocketing once you get those, which on these websites, they also claim that compared to gas, the, the amount of money you spend on electricity is you know, three or $400 cheaper a month. I call bullcrap on that. I would also call bullcrap because there's no way if you charge it every single day, that's not going to affect your electric bill. Right. Yeah. So either it sounds like either way you're going to be paying it, it evens out. Either way you're going to be paying the money. Exactly. High gas prices or high electric bills, one way or another, you're going to be forking over some cash. And that's one of the interesting things too is that like it seems like we're being pushed towards the direction of you know electric everything. So re- in the last two years, there's been five. Which ref- to yep. interrupt you. Yep. How do we get electricity? Fossil fuels. <laughs> it's let's stop using fossil fuels so we can use electricity that are powered by fossil fuels. Right. So it's it's insane. And the funny part is too. So <laughs> with refineries, so there's been five refineries across the United States that have shut down, uh, costing Americans or our production to decrease by a million uh, barrels of fuel every single day. So by these refineries shutting down, there's numerous reasons for it. So you go through. Uh, you know, some of the, the articles and everything, some of these are finally shut down because, you know, one, some of these businesses didn't want to, you know, try and reinvest more money into it. They couldn't afford the operational costs, but a large majority of them were being shut down to be transitioned into refineries to process synthetic diesel. Hmm. So shifting away from the fossil fuels into synthetic measures, or they were going completely electric, you know, focusing on alternative things for it. So, Another one of the costs that affect gas prices is the cost to produce those. It's like for it to be shipped here from either locally or across, you know, whoever we got it from, the process for it to be churned out into what we use for gasoline. Uh, those have nearly doubled in cost because the refinery shutting down and, uh, you know, simply just not being able to meet the demand. So I'm going to go quickly into the facts in the matter. So obviously we keep hearing the narrative that, uh, you know, gas prices are high. Obviously, we kind of talked about the cost of a refinery going up. We talked about um, the uh, production, how much cost, you know, the cost of crude oil going up and down, how that's affected the gas prices at 70%. But overall, though, uh, you know, the cost of gas since even before the Russia-Ukraine conflict, gas, is, gas prices were already going up. So since Trump took office, or not Trump, since Biden took office after Trump left, Gas is up 88% overall since Biden took office. And a majority of that coming in the 70% increase leading up to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Uh, So we're about $78 a barrel uh, before the conflict. Now we're back down to about, you know, we're back down to 90. uh, But, you know, I was at a high of 119. So the Russia-Ukraine thing, it did affect prices but only for a brief time to summarize that it was all about the Russia Ukraine conflict is not correct. So to summarize it for a 5-year-old. Yes. When you ask people why is gas so high? 
what would you say now after you've done your research? So there's few reasons. One, we're not producing nearly enough because the places that produce it are shutting down. Okay. The cost to get them in now is also gone up and all that, and that's affected by trade. And then also, uh, I'm trying to summarize it for a five-year-old. That's so hard. How do you explain it? How do you explain <laughs> gas prices to a five-year-old? Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then... I mean, uh, that's basically it. Yeah, pretty the pipelines much. Pipelines are shut down. Pipelines are shut down. And that's we're, are we import, we're importing, right? We're importing, and then there's been a decrease in what we're manufacturing here. So the supply has gone down, and then yet still these large businesses, the mean guys in the suits, are making a lot of money that we are not Good. and that we're forking over. Good. That's basically the summary of that. Uh, there you go. That would That's basically trying to get to the bottom of why gas prices are so high, who is – Strictly to blame, which it's a bunch of people across the board. But overall, though, it was not just directly Ukraine-Russia great, causing all that. Uh, our next topic that we wanted to get into is the state of the country. Right. Uh, you know, what do you think of the country as a whole right now? So we have the overturning Roe v. Wade. We have economic stuff going on right now, politically, socially. What are your thoughts on that? To touch on that, I don't agree with them trying to tell a woman that you can't get an abortion. That's not even hot. No, you can't hold that microphone at me. <laughs> I mean, for real. You yeah. can't, you know, you get in trouble, you holding that microphone by me. <laughs> if this is a land of the free, you know what I'm saying? How can you expect a woman to tell her she can't go get abortion? She could have got raped. Anything could have happened to her. You know what I'm saying? She's not financially able to take care of the baby. Um, I never really thought at 16 years old I would have my rights, like, stripped away from me. I feel like there should be an age limit on anyone who works in the government, and I feel like this should be an example of why. Overall, how do you guys feel about the state of the country right now? Um, it has went to absolute crap. We're definitely moving backwards. It's not something that we want. I think they're going horribly. Nobody can agree with each other, and I think that's the biggest problem right now. I'm a Republican, but you have to be able to see some Democrat sides and everything, and right now nobody can see each other's voices. Right, no, I completely agree. Roe versus Wade being overturned, Biden in office. I feel like everything's chaotic right now. So overall, what do you think of the state of the country right now? I guess I'm not really, like, happy with it. It's hard to know what or who to blame. Like, it's, it doesn't just come from one area. It's There's a lot of people involved. Yeah, in that, sure. war, poverty, women's rights, like, it's just coming from all angles. We're not headed in the right direction at all. The, the leaders are not taking us in the right direction. I believe the American people know the right direction, but we are being sold a, a bill of goods by the media and by the Democratic Party. Yeah, we are not in the right direction at all. We don't have a liberal mindset. We feel like the country is very quickly being driven that way without without any say-so from the people. I'd say uh, just some general distrust that anything productive is happening. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, when you look at like, the national outlook, things are pretty rough, uh, and that's what gets broadcast you know, on the major media platforms. But when you boil it down to the local community setting, I think there's a lot of hope. What happens at the national level and what's happening at the local level in the communities that we live in, there's a huge disconnect there. Wrong direction. It's I think it's scary. We just overturned Roe v. Wade. That's crazy. And like the U.S. is just imposing its superpowers on a bunch of countries like Ukraine, which is why the gas prices are so high right now. And like if the U.S. wasn't involved in that, the gas prices wouldn't be so high because we wouldn't have sanctions on Russia right now. Really? I could go on and on <laughs> about it. It's the wrong direction. The shit mid. <laughs> yeah. Any more detail you want to go into or? No, it's just, just mid. It's definitely, it, it does, like, this country does a lot of good things and a lot of bad things. I feel like there's no right answer to it. It's just, you know, it is kind of mid, you know, but. <laughs> like, not to sound like conspiracy theorists or whatever, but I feel like people in the government really just try to get what they want out of just because they have the position of power. In the end, it's really about them rather than the people. I think that every time throughout the years there's always issues we've held up this far it's gonna go on yeah I kind of agree with him we're always gonna have our issues there's always gonna be that one person that someone doesn't agree with or that no one agrees with we just kind of unfortunately have to deal with that because that is how our government is run with the whole abortion thing things have gotten bad obviously between people arguing but I do think that we're still standing strong what are you out here doing what's going on um, so I usually come to pride every single year I just 
you know, just to see what's going on downtown. Also, there are some, um, there's some inter interesting people down here. I kind of have more of an optimistic outlook. I think things are definitely a lot better than what they were a while ago. I think there are still definitely a lot of things that we need to improve. I think specifically how like our, our justice system and law works, how our government is interfering in our lives every day, you know, these gun control stuff and everything else, and it's just stuff that is not needed. <laughs> It's, it's Fort Wayne, we have those battles. In my opinion, I used to think it was going pretty well, um, but with overturning Roe v. Wade, I think it's going in the definite wrong direction. As women, we deserve our bodily autonomy. Yeah, I had faith for a while, but now it kind of sucks. So the state of the country, I noticed a lot of people, a lot of people brought up the Roe v. Wade being overturned. And they, a lot of people said, they're taking away women's rights. They can't get abortions here. You can't get abortions anywhere. It's disgusting, et cetera, et cetera. Is that true? No. Like, it, it, there's there's wrong, and there is so wrong that it's it clearly shows you haven't, one, understood anything that has gone on, and two, you're being, you're being lazy searching that topic. So, you're being brainwashed as well. Is, yeah, and you're we, being brainwashed. Essentially, like everything, your social media, what you see on the news, they're telling you that they've taken away your rights. Yeah, it's been handed down to the states. It's not been completely just wiped off the board. Well, I, I, you can still kill your children. You just have to go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, and it, it's not even that they had to go anywhere else because a lot of the states who were probably going to outlaw up until case of rape and incest. There was basically, like, Indiana, there was, like, what, one or two clinics in the entire state? Something like that? As of now. As of As now. As of now. As of now, there's only, like, one or two. So we already had a decrease in the whole contribution to the death toll. Right. In general. But states like... Which I, I have not heard any fuss over that. No. I'm sure there was at the time, but... Because it's, Up until now, it's like, oh, we can't get abortions now. Well, no, there's only two places you can go to in Indiana. Yeah. Already. It's not like you just had on-demand abortion to begin with. Exactly. It's been gone for how long? Like five, ten years now? It's It's been several years because, it's, and it's a lot, and this is essentially what it should have been in the first place, is going back to the states, allowing your state to decide, can we allow this? Are we going to allow this? No. It was not the federal government's involvement. There is no constitutional amendment allowing the federal government to intervene into that, and that's what they got correct by overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, the one thing we're, we are going to see is probably the ends of the, the spectrum expanding a little bit more. So uh, yeah, a lot of people may remember the whole uh, New York bill that passed. I think it was like 2018 or something like that, 2018, 2019, that allowed abortion up till birth in case of health to the mother. And it was very vague when it said in terms of mental health, physical health, and even financial health. Right. If financial health is a thing, yeah, that's a financial circumstance. That's not health. You're, you're. I mean, you could probably be depressed and stressed about your financial situation. That's not healthcare. There's no healthcare coverage for your financial status. I hate no. to say that, but the states that have already banned it, or like nearly banned it, have already had these measures in place. Mississippi heartbeat bill, like yeah, pa banning it past. I think it's like twelve to fourteen weeks or something like that up until there's a heartbeat detected or something like that. That's not, there's literally no change other than maybe they're like, Hey, now we're going to totally ban it. So really save in the first trimester, but New York, you're still going to have your abortion rights, California. You still are too, you know, Colorado, you guys yeah. are probably still be like the number one per capita Which, to piggyback on that. It, aren't places like Amazon, Apple, I may don't quote me on this. Amazon, Apple, all the big corporations, aren't they saying they're willing to pay for the airline tickets, travel, gas, every lodging and everything for their employees to go get abortions. Yes. Which that's a little <laughs> sus. It's a little sus. Won't they save money on insurance doing that if they just get rid of the child? Essentially, yes, because they went to fork over maternity. Right. So, and I know it's, uh, I heard Amazon and then Dick's Sporting Goods. I think those are the only two I heard of so far. But, okay. Yeah. But it's also like, okay, so you're going to pay your employees garbage, but if they want to travel to kill a child, you guys are totally okay. Totally okay. Paying the bills for that. You know, hey, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a dad. I want time off with my family. Well, you can't have that. Okay. I have to go with her so she can kill our child. Hey, well, you know, fly first class or business. Which do you prefer? Right. 
you know, it's, it's crazy. Like they're not, you won't take care of your employees, but you, you try to push the whole emotionally appealing narrative and saying like, well, since it's banned, we'll cover it for you. We'll, we'll, we'll get you taken care of. Right. Which to be upfront, we are, I'd consider myself a populist. I just don't like abortion. <laughs> right. But I mean, as far as populating, just. Yeah. Right. Pro-life. I'm pro-life. 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 No matter. Life's a, a poker game. You can't control the cards you're dealt. Right. But everybody knows that plays you poker. You can control whether or not you play or not. Yeah. You can control that. But Which no one wants to hear that. No. Nobody wants to hear that. Because, I mean, <laughs> poker's a game. There's nobody, the only people that are good at poker are the ones that are good at reading people. Right. It does. They don't get any kind of special cards. Yep. They have no skilled tactic on how they, you know, how they pair their aces every time before you know get the bullets every time. Right. There's no skill in that sense. The skill is in bluffing and knowing the odds of everybody else. And that is poker. That's poker. To be good at it, you have to be a great liar. You have to be a great yes. like per- people reader. But you're dealt different cards. It's how you play them. Right. That's the thing. You can win with a seven two, which is the most impossible hand to win with in poker. If you bluff your ass off <laughs> and I'm a poker nerd. That's why I know that <laughs> it's a bit strategically. We are inviting st- you to poker night. Absolutely. It's or maybe not. Cause that sounds like an awful idea if you know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, exactly. So a seven, two is statistically the worst hand you could be dealt. Like there's, it's so far away from like straights and all that other stuff that are higher chances of winning that it's virtually impossible to win with a seven, two, unless you lie <laughs> or unless you flop which, down three, three sevens right off the bat, which sorry. <laughs> To go back to what we were just talking about, yes, I, I we're live and in the comment section. I noticed uh, one of our followers said it's a distraction for something bigger. Um, people are just misinformed. Exactly, we're it like is. I said earlier, we're being brainwashed. Whether we're, the commercials you watch, there was a I can't remember what it was. It was some type of dog food, but my wife showed me, and it was about uh, your dog being your real child or your dog being the kid that matters. And it just just puts such an awful taste in your mouth. And I'm going to say like, a comment that's going to offend probably the parents who, or, people, or couples who think that they have a child that <laughs> is their dog. I'm telling you right now, you, one, don't know what it's like if you're comparing a dog to a child. Right. And two, if it came down to a situation where I chose my dog and my child, sorry, dog. That's what it was. <laughs> Which... You could be reading into it uh, quite a bit. Who knows? But the commercial was blah, blah, blah for the children that matter. What? (laughs) And one of the things I learned in my MBA class, and there's two theories on it, and it kind of blows my mind. So corporations, there's two beliefs on why they do these socially engaging kind of like causes. Okay. One, they either have the moral compass like their moral compass is aligned with what they should do. And they're actually trying to implement that into their business or they're trying to appeal to their demographics. Right. There's virtually no in between. They only came down to two theories where it's like, they're either doing what they're guided to do or whatever's going to push sales. And I can tell you right now, you pushing sales, you especially, okay. The thing like Starbucks. Okay. Who goes to Starbucks more than anybody else? What is the demographic? Basic white girls. Basic white girls. <laughs> basic women in general. So, of course, they're going to support Planned Parenthood. Right. They're going to do whatever they BLM, can. BLM, whatever. Which, Wh- whatever their... Y- any, yeah. Whatever their cause Whatever is. the narratives that's being pushed. Because then, okay, so think about this too. Uh, you know, gun stores. Are you think they're going to show up to any kind of, like, you know, anti-gun, like non-NRA funded stuff or... No, uh, you know, we're going to go to, you know, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood and offer up, you know, discounts for firearms. Right. Those people aren't looking to buy your firearms. You're wasting your time and money. That's why these corporations do these things. And it's kind of funny to see how it works on some people where it's like, you know, that company actually cares. No, they don't. They just want your money. <laughs> like that's all they that's all they want. Uh, but in the state of the country, getting back to a lot of these interviews was that they a lot of people. One way or another, I think both both sides did not like where we were going. And no. it was like, okay, so different reasons. Different but reasons. Everyone's upset. Yes. Like the great reset is working. That's all I'm gonna say for now. That's that's <laughs> another that's another episode, but the great reset is doing its job. 
It's hitting people in their wallets. It's hitting people at home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, and yeah. it's it, that's you know, people were like, "Oh, our rights are being taken away." Okay, again, you didn't have a right to abortion to begin with. If somebody, whoever watches this, can find where it is and everything, I took con law, so please run by your version of the Constitution so I can, you know, see what I was missing. Right. But there's nothing allowing you to. And then they push the whole like right to privacy. This is a little side tangent, but the right to privacy that you're allowed to do whatever you want—that's your privacy. If that's the case, let me go buy a GD Cannon without getting flagged, please. Or a full auto. Like, let me, that's, oh, it's, it's private. That's my situation. Why can't I go buy a gun that's fully automatic without anybody caring? You might hurt somebody. Oh, and, th- and that's the case, and, sh- and, yeah. and shredding a child is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're allowed to shred a child, but you can't buy a gun to stop a guy who wants to kill your right. child. You, you can know. groom your children and uh, take them to drag queen story time, and you can take them to uh, drag strip shows. That's fine. That's yeah. completely fine. But nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. And one of the vaguest things I've ever heard in the a Constitution argument was like, oh, you have, you have the right to privacy. You know, that's between you and your doctor. Oh, what about the dad? Yeah. What about the dad? Casey versus Plant Parenthood said, like, hey, actually, no, we aren't even going to allow the dad to come in. A undue burden that causes the mother a decision in this cannot cannot affect her decision. So, like, Harvey Bills were, like, getting shot down because of that thing. Which, quick side note, back to Roe v. Wade. The Roe v. Wade baby never died. Nope. She never killed her child. Never killed her child. Yep. And actually, uh, you know, speak about somebody who follows the money. So, Jane Roe, after being that whole political piece for Roe v. Wade, became a pro-lifer and was a big advocate in the pro-life group. And then she later in a recent documentary, uh, the real, I think it's called the real Jane Roe or yeah, something like that. It was like an HBO production. She said that like, well, I basically went over there to follow the money because I was switching sides to prove it was wrong. And then she flipped back to pro-choice because she got better sponsorships. So it's right. like, you want to talk about somebody who's money hungry just to push something. She literally changed like her faith and religion just to collect a paycheck. Right. You know, if you, and she wanted to be an actor, Which, that that's, was, that's everywhere. Obama, oh, yeah. Obama claimed to be a Christian before he got into office. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. Oh, and, and in terms of like, you know, abortion, and everything, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. And then, I mean, even people, the people that frustrate me are the ones who like don't realize they're faking it. Like a lot of the like Christians who are for abortion. That exist. It's like you can't be Christian and support abortion. I hate to, like you find it in the Bible where it's okay. It's like okay, you're you're being fake one way or another. Either you don't truly believe what you've been taught, or you're just blinded by the fact and relying on your emotions, which is the last thing you're supposed to do. So Zach, so do you agree with everybody? Do you think that we're headed in the wrong direction? Are we headed in the right direction? Where are we? I think America as a whole. Like, us personally, I'm not even going to put politics into the side of it, like the governmental politics of it. I think we as people are as worse as we can be. We don't talk with each other. We don't share. We try and share information, but, you know, people don't want to hear it because it may not. It may. It, it causes a discomfort that, hey, I might be proven wrong. And one of the, one of the best philosophy things I ever learned in my, my philosophy class was always go into a conversation thinking you could be wrong. Every single time, enter it thinking that you're possibly wrong on a subject. Have an open mind. Have an open mind. <clears throat> we don't communicate with everybody. You know, on social media, we, you know, we do pick and choose who we're supposed to be friends with. We want to be friends with. I don't want to see their content anymore. They're, they're they vote against me. You know, whatever it may be. We start putting people in denominations. Uh, you know, the new new term now is Christian nationalists. Like, why is that becoming a thing? You know, it's it's we are we're dividing ourselves by our own stupidity. And I think that Which, as they're a, trying to clump us into white nationalists, they're trying yeah. to clump us into Nazis and all that. Oh, yeah. And then like, you know, and then essentially the same thing too, where it's like, Oh, it's the white males making you not get abortions. It's like, okay, there's uh, you know, Clarence Thomas. Oh, he doesn't count. Well, he doesn't count because he doesn't fit the narrative. No, he doesn't. So we're not going to bash him. If now, you now, don't now, fit the narrative. You better yeah. shut up. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, Amy Coney Barrett, who is a white female, yeah. Who is that's usually nope. the demographic. Nope, nope. But we're gonna put that aside. Nope. It's white males in charge of that. So it's right. We're trying to find an enemy on every topic. We're trying to alienate each other. That is where we're falling as a society. We're not right. we're not having common ground. Like, hey, listen, guys, I don't hate you. Like yeah. it's, it's possible to disagree with somebody 
and not right. hate like, them. When we went out, there was a girl that made a comment like, oh my gosh, they're going to uh, take this footage and they're going to manipulate it and make us look stupid. No. When we go out and interview you, it's up to you whether or not you look stupid or not. You like, do, that you is do on you, boo. you. <laughs> you do you, boo. You do you. <laughs> we clearly, we're, we're, we lean right. Yeah, we lean right. We're conservative. Right. We're Christian. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to listen. No. That we're not going to be willing to learn and have an open mind. That's what this whole po- that that is what this whole podcast is about. Yeah, exactly. We we will have liberals in here to interview. We will have conservatives. We'll have Christians. We'll have atheists. I don't care. Let's let's hear from everybody. Let the people decide. Keep government out, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like go out and talk to people. Like honestly, like and between the two interviews. I thoroughly enjoyed going to the Pride thing more than I thought because the people were actually better. They at were engaged. so easy to talk to. They were a lot easier to talk to. So much easier to and talk to. Like they were willing to just talk with us, which yeah. I was like, okay, I can tell you people in my belief system, they would never be caught dead at a place like this talking to no. somebody of that belief system. The, the, the amount of people I told that we're going to, like, I was like, hey, we're going to, I told some coworkers, we're going to go out and we're going to talk to this. We're going to, right, we're going to go to the Gay Pride rally. We're going to interview them. They're like, oh my gosh, you really? You're going to go? You're going to go do that? You're going to go there? It's like, they're just people. They're not like the animals at the zoo loose in a cage. No. Like, no, these are <laughs> everybody. That's the thing that we forget is that everybody is human. Like, right. we take away, and this is across the board, we take away the humanistic reality of somebody. We put them in a category and, you know, create a cartoon of what they are and everything. And we were like, nope, I'll never talk to that person. You know, if you're if you're a white male, you don't you don't have any say in anything. You don't have to just hey, maybe you want to hear from my experience. Maybe I was at the back against the wall financially and we still went through having a kid. So maybe right. I could share some insight that may help you in your decision if you are torn on it. But no, nobody wants to converse about that because you're put into a certain segment or niche because and, and, and you're not liked because of that niche. Right. And I think that is where the state of the country as a whole is bad. I mean, yeah, housing market is shit. Yeah, like you're not if if you want to buy a house now, you're gonna overpay for anything that you purchase. Right, and it doesn't matter if the the prices come down, the interest rates just go up, everything yeah. evens out. Yeah, it's like the gas; they're gonna get their money when they're way gonna or get their money. So, the people who are in charge of controlling those prices are gonna make their money. Job market. I mean, I've I've hired 30, 40 people over the course of the last like five years at different jobs. That there's the work ethic is depleted across the board. You know, it's it, everything as a whole is not good, but the biggest issue facing like, you know, society as a whole is that we're not conversing. We're putting people, we're alienating each other and we're trying to fight each other every single time. Right. I'm telling you right now, if you're for abortion, I don't care. I still like you. I may disagree with you. Yeah. I'll still have a cup of coffee with you. I'll I still think, play poker with you. I think you're ending a life. Yeah. You're murdering somebody. But, but we don't hate you. We don't hate you. No. We, really talk. we love you. Yeah. And I'll say yeah. it's, it's one of those things where you're like, I just wish, you know, you could learn the truth one day. But you know what? I still like you as a person. Right. So ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the portion of our show. Um, so we want to just have viewer discretion advised because this <laughs> is a very, very emotionally charged conversation. So very heated topic. If you are weak to the stomach, you know, this may be something that's not for you. Um, but one of the questions that we asked on the street that fueled and possibly ended some relationships based off what our, res- our results were, is it grilled cheese or cheese toasty? Mm-hmm. This it, was a serious debate. It, it sounds very stupid, but I think it's going to be a running gag <laughs> on our show <laughs> because the amount of emotion that that created was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh like so we'll go, uh, go ahead and roll the clip but this is one of our one of our favorite questions that we asked overall uh so we'll go ahead and play that clip for you okay and then the last one we always like to end on a lighter note obviously we talk about some political questions here is it grilled cheese or cheese toasty grilled cheese okay now the last one this may cause debate is it grilled cheese or cheese toasty i have a strong opinion on this toasted uh-uh no it's grilled cheese why do you say grilled cheese? Because I feel like it's so cringy and it's this mega like white person thing to say a cheese toasty. Is it grilled cheese or cheese toasty? Grilled cheese. And we just started another uh, fight amongst couples. So we'll see how that turns out. Grilled cheese or cheese toasty? What's it called? <laughs> it's a grilled cheese. 
Oh, grilled cheese. Yeah, it's Indiana where grilled cheese. All right, so the first couple we've met that have the same opinion on that. And the last question, so this has created a couple issues with couples that we've interviewed. So is it grilled cheese or cheese toasting? Grilled cheese. Yeah, grilled cheese. All right, hey, uh, first couple that agreed on the on both the same answer. So we always say, we always end these on a really light note and everything. We've had a huge debate about this in northern Indiana. Is it called a grilled cheese or a cheese toasting? It depends on the way you cook it. So I forget the difference, but one's where you put the butter on the outside and the other one's where the butter's on the inside. I've not heard that tactic yet, so that's that's an interesting perspective. I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't really care. Cheese toasting. So this next one's a very heated conversation. It might get emotional. Is it grilled cheese or cheese toasting? I have always said grilled cheese, but I know a lot of people that say cheese toasty, and they like they don't stray from that at all. So. Is it grilled cheese or cheese toasty? Yeah, I've never even heard of cheese toasty. It really sounds like a British thing. Definitely grilled cheese. If you say cheese toasty, you're mid, and so are cheese toasties. <laughs> so I got a story. I was making grilled cheese at my grandma's, and she was like, oh, you're making the cheese toasty. I never, like, I love my grandma. I love my grandma. But the hatred that, that, that built inside me, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you mean grilled cheese? Grilled cheese, bro. Fuck a cheese toasty. <laughs> Definitely grilled cheese. Put some cheese toasty. Yes, sir! We hear anything on the streets, I swear. So, Gray, let me ask you. Is it grilled cheese or cheese toasty? It is cheese toasty without a doubt. So, you're completely <laughs> wrong, first of all. So you take a hunk of cheese and you throw it on a grill and grill it okay. and just eat it plain? Here's my counter argument to that. First of all, it's grilled cheese. See, okay, hold on. From the comment section, I see, when has anyone ever put cheese on a grill? Everyone definitely makes the bread toasted. Okay, let me counteract with this. Okay, because that's 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 how I feel too. You're toasting the bread. Okay. You're okay. toasting the cheese. Okay, ready for this? Okay. When you put, let's say, a a nice chicken breast on the stove, what are you making? What is it called? I is it not a grilled it's chicken? Grilled chicken. You're ah, right. so it's yeah. grilled chicken. But okay. But you put but, but you, you just sit, you you put a hunk of cheese on the stove and it's the a, sandwich is grilled. Right, but it's just chicken. It's there's not toast involved. <laughs> there's not cheese involved. It's just, just okay. chicken. Okay, so let's do this. And I think grilled chicken is stupid on a stove. It's not it's not grilled chicken. But okay, so at fast food restaurants, it should be toasted chicken. At, at fast food <laughs> restaurants, do they cook it on a stove or a grill? And I'm seeing in the comment section, it's actually grilled chicken is. Only grilled on a grill. Okay, if that's the case, then what do you, if you put it on a, let's say you have a nice, you're cooking it, nice, you're like stove top, you have a nice stove top and you put the grilled, you put the chicken on there, it's mm -hmm. grilled. When you put bread in the toaster, when you put bread in the toaster, <laughs> you're toasting it. Okay. So if grilled cheese was made in a toaster, it is cheese toasty. But if it is cooked on a stove top, it is grilled cheese. Now, this isn't something we just asked locally. We went to TikTok. Mm hmm. And the, Instagram. the source of all truth and information. That's right. And Gray, do you do you want to share with everybody that's you know watching this what the what the results of that were? I don't have my phone right now, oh, but okay. I know that it was. Like well, let me go ahead. Twenty. Let me go ahead and fill you in. Actually, your you know, uh, credit words do not quite eighty twenty. It was more like ninety five five percent. Okay, grilled cheese. But one of my favorite comments was, "I'm from the South, and in my thirty three years of existence." I have never heard the term cheese toasty. <laughs> so shout out to that whoever that guy is. You're my favorite man. It is grilled cheese, hands down. And as the public showed that we interviewed, it was also grilled cheese. There were some cheese toasties in there. There was a few. But, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, you know. Well, <laughs> for the remainder of this podcast, that will be a debate, and there will be merchandise. On the we'll continue this until we get to the absolute bottom of the, the truth here. That's right. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's supposed to be called cheese toasting. We've been calling it wrong the whole time. But you know what? I'm not wrong, and it is grilled cheese. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and go to our comment section here. A uh, couple pieces that we want to touch up on. Uh, somebody earlier when we were talking about COVID and uh, what's essential and what's not essential uh, asked like how liquor stores were deemed essential, but your hairstylist was not essential. Okay. I absolutely hated that, that we determined, Oh, you, you're, you technically count as essential. You don't, but for God's sakes, liquor stores. Right now I get like during COVID, obviously we all did this. If you, if you said you didn't, you're a liar, 
we we probably drink more alcohol than we probably had since college. I'd say, because when you're maybe when you're yeah. when you're there's nothing to do, you got to find something. Yeah. So I understand. Sounds that. very convenient for the great reset. Oh to yeah. Stay home and smoke weed and drink alcohol all day because you can't go to work because you're not essential. And not to mention, we'll you know go ahead and increase those suicide and depression rates while we're at it because we're sheltering everybody off from the the real world. So I think if we ever have a pandemic again. That says you're essential. You're well, not according essential. to Bill Gates. We are having another one. Bill Gates can just stick behind his computer. He doesn't know nothing, <laughs> but he does. He does because he's informed on this stuff. Because they they tell him they look out for he's the elites. Funding us. this stuff and pushing there's that too. the vaccines exactly. Uh, but even like churches, that was my my biggest thing is that you know churches shut down because of COVID. After the state said, "Hey, churches need to shut down," there was how many churches caved to that as well almost in instantly. fear of losing you know whatever what whatever it would have been exactly like in fear of like oh maybe maybe we're not going to have the numbers that we usually do and the cost to produce our shows is going to cost us a little more out of pocket than we wanted to so let's go ahead and, and just and even like the idea of you know what i think i'm going to take this chance i'm going to risk my life to go to church because i think that that's very valuable that was taken away as well oh yeah when they exactly. shut down that and wasn't then, even an option. But then we always heard the stories like Canadian pastors, especially in Canada. I heard a lot more stories out of there than I did like America. But like, oh, hey, we're going to stay open and we're going to have our own church service. And then them getting arrested because they did that. What about China? China, this is a daily occurrence. Ugh. This wasn't even like COVID. They're, they're like, it's they're not looking getting as- arrested. It's you're, you're going you're gonna to die. Yeah, you're going to die. You're going to die for even having a page of the Bible. What am I? One page of the Bible is so, enough to put you away so in I'm, China. I'm glad you brought that up. So I was listening to a. I usually don't listen to like a lot of sermons, like you know, just during the week. Usually, like on the weekends, uh, you know, church is about only sermons I get in. But I was listening to this guy who went over to China and stayed at a church where, well, it was a, it was one of those secret churches that he stayed behind and just kind of tried to implement himself into there, kind of learn how they do things. And over there, you can't have a Bible. Like no. if you're caught with it now, these people, they did have their own Bibles, which was already like a guaranteed, you know, prison sentence. So he kind of asked like, Hey, if we get caught here, what's, what's kind of going to happen? And they go, well, you're probably going to get deported, sent back to America. You'll be fine and everything. We'll all probably go back to prison. And he goes, Oh, back to prison. And they go, Oh yeah. Everybody in this room has already gone to prison before due to our faith. Right. So when they started doing their sermon and everything, one of the girls gets up there, starts reciting almost the whole book of Psalms right in front of everybody. And he was just shocked that she memorized everything. So then he asked her, like, how did you memorize all of that? And she said, well, in prison, we would have people sneak us in different, like, little, like, quick notes of the Bible. And we had to go through and, like, memorize it because if we got caught with that paper, you know, that's either add a prison sentence or, you know, death penalty. So we had to do this in order to, like, keep our faith going as we had to memorize different books of the Bible most people in that room had several books of the Bible, if not the whole Bible, memorized. Right. People on a daily basis in other countries put their life on the line just to read the Bible, just to get their hands on it. And, and w- here we are shutting down because we're afraid. People died. People yeah. did die. Pe- people have died because of COVID. But there are people willing to risk their life just to hold a Bible in foreign countries. And we shut down just because we're afraid of getting people sick. Exactly. And then we start going like, oh, you got to think, it's not just about you. It's about the people in your congregation. Well, listen, I mean, going back to those people in those other countries. So they were even thinking like, oh, you know, we can't, they were talking talking to the pastor going, we can't wait till we're like America where we can freely express this and we can do whatever we want. And he goes, I hope you never wind up like we did. And that shocked everybody in the room. And they go, why don't you want us to be like you? And he goes, when Amer- in America, if you have a car breakdown, you go buy a new one. When yeah. you when church when it's raining at church or snowing, you just choose not to go to church. You just watch it online. You just do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Nobody has the passion or desire to Which learn that's, from Jesus. That's not like, even yeah. watching it start to, to No, you're sorry. fine. Yeah, yeah. Watching it online is great. That's great when you can't, you know, physically get to church. Right. But that's not what church is. No. Like and church in the, the building itself isn't even what it is. Yeah. It's communion with fellow believers. It's being together with one another. Exactly. And it's, I mean, na- na- and the denomination thing is just crap. Anybody that's like, oh, I only go to this denomination, 
you're full of crap and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, okay, name name the denomination Jesus was. Point made. Yeah. He did not have a denomination. Name the church that he attended. First church of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, in his church, you know, it was a mobile unit. Wherever right. he walked, he established a church. That's where it was. Your church doesn't have to be a building. And he didn't just go to places with just Christians, just no. people that believed him. He was in the brothels. He was in the slums. He was with the dirtiest, rottenest people on the face of this earth. That's that's what we're called to do. Yeah. It, we're not supposed to be comfy. If you're comfy and cozy in your religion, then you're not practicing your religion. No. If you're, if you know, it's like, oh yeah, I have a friend that, you know, he's a good friend of mine, but you know, not a Christian. Yeah, get him to Christ and everything. But how far out of your way are you going to bring people to Christ? Right. Are you going down to the homeless, asking them? Now, like, I don't, but I wish I could. Yeah. Like, I wish I could make more of an effort to do these kind but of things. But we do what we can. Yes, we do as much as we can. But it's like there's a lot of people who just show up to church on a Sunday. I'm, I'm not going to name a specific church in the area. They go to church. They have the afterward cookie and lemonade, and they yeah. think they're all hunky dory. I, <laughs> one final comment on this, and I'll get heat for this. If you were a pastor that shut down during the pandemic, shame on you. Yeah. The people need you. You're the one who's supposed to be leading and encouraging us, helping us, uplifting. And you buckle. Left everyone in the dark. So if you did that, what a shame. Well, and the and the frustrating part is too is like, you know, it was everybody at that point in time buckled. Right. Like, I mean, how many I mean, I was disappointed in church. I mean, I was like, okay, you know, we were trying to go to church more consistently here, and now we're told, hey, now you can't. You just have to watch the live stream. And it's like, okay, well, that defeats the I mean, it's different sitting on your couch watching it versus right. going. And which are you really paying attention at that point if no. you're at home on your couch? Or if you I mean, have your, it's just it's not the same. Yeah, it's 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 like you know, and then okay, yeah. So somebody actually in the comment section brought up a really good point. Um, I don't think pastors get to make decisions like that in most churches. The church boards probably decided which, this. Yeah, which yeah, I'm seeing in the comment section, the church boards. But you can't tell me the pastor can't protest. You can't tell me the pastor can't say, "I put my foot down, and we're going to sit in front of this church and." We're gonna teach outside. You know, I know I know a lot of pastors did what they could, and they yes. did have outside services. Yeah, that's great. Mm. At the same time, though, yeah, there could have been more pastors sticking up for this. There could have been. It's ridiculous. Like, it's like, you know, and then again, like the whole fear that everybody had, like, oh, hey, you might die if you get this virus and everything. Like, I get the fear is real. God says one of the best things you could do is die in His name. Like, I'm not right. saying like, oh, you should have sucked it up and just died of COVID at church. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Right. But your fear of death can't be there no like, i could leave here tonight get t-boned we by all know where we're going yeah you're gonna die i mean i hate the thought whatever of whatever religion you are supposedly they everyone knows where we're going yeah right unless exactly. you're an atheist then it's just black black darkness abyss, and everything nothing. but as christians we know where we're going yeah that's a dying is a risk i'm willing to take if it means being spending time with other christians and growing yeah. and being there for each other so just one more comment mm -hmm. to make on uh, how the whole church thing went down during the COVID lockdowns. I, if I could go back, I would have done everything completely different. I would have called up a lot of friends. I would have said, you know what? If they're not willing to open, come over. We are going to have church service at our house. Just communion. Yeah. Something. And yeah. looking back, I didn't do anything. No. Just sat at home, watched the live online feed. Yep. And that was that was your day. Oh, so we were so detached from everybody. Depressed. And it, it added like, it added to the fear. It did. It added to that fear. And it felt like a sci fi movie like almost every day. Like I remember when Trump like declared the was it the the global pandemic he declared it a pandemic and everything. Right. Which it's still a pandemic. We're still under a pandemic right now. It still exists. Technically we are still under a pandemic right now. Fact check me on that. But we're under a pandemic still because of COVID. I'm pretty sure we're still under a pandemic. <laughs> well, I remember like when Trump was like talking, I was texting my mom and she's like, this seems like a movie. Like yeah. it seems like uh, what was like Armageddon where like the president comes on like the faith of the humanity 
is at stake. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like, you know, probably I was probably one of the, I thought like, hey, maybe we're in the end times. Maybe that's what this is. You know, I think a lot of people went to that, but instead of look back at 9-11, yeah, everyone er- said that then. And everybody's going to continue saying that. But I, I look back on it going, I, we, you know, we can be mad at pastors and churches shutting down and everything, but I think every, all Christians as a whole, we did not handle that situation the way we should have. No. We all, as Christians, yeah. we did not handle that situation. No. And the blame, the blame goes on everybody because, again, the whole fear process with what we were seeing on TV. I mean, we both kind of just talked about it a little bit ago. We were both just glued to the, the news station every day. Yeah. Like, I remember at one point at work, like, this was in the off season, but me, me and my boss at the time, we're glued just waiting to see if Indiana was declaring a shutdown. Like we're yeah. just waiting for the word to come across. We're keeping track of it. it. And it was, it was for our jobs. Like, yeah. am, am I not going to get to go to work mm. today? Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow. It's like, what are we doing? And I remember walking in going like, Hey, they just shut down. Like, you know, Indiana's on a shutdown. And you remember going to the grocery stores? Well, and I, I had to turn, <laughs> I, I turned guys loose that day. Cause I talked to, I talked to my boss and I was like, Hey, listen, we're in a shutdown. You know, they're going to say they're going to roll out with the measures and everything here in three days or something like that. Should we give them time to go get stuff for their families? And we both decided, yeah, that's that's right. what we need to do. Did you guys sanitize your groceries? No. A lot of people did. Dude, I remember going into Sam's Club like that that same day with my dad and brother, and it was just a madhouse. Yep. Like I luckily got a box of toilet paper before you all snatched that that stuff up. How f- did you? I, <laughs> my wife and I had a game of like looking at people's shopping carts and seeing what they considered to be essential. And that was the most depressing thing. Which if you went told out, told me where the state of our country is. If you went out <laughs> to stock up for the pandemic and you bought your bananas, apples, grapes, and oh, I want to eat healthy while I'm locked no, up. I saw you're probably starving now. Yeah, I saw <laughs> there was one guy who had a full shopping cart of pre-made fried chicken, the entire shopping cart. So I guess he could freeze it. I guess you could freeze it and everything, but it's like, that's your essential what? source of meat. They sell 25 pound bags of freaking pancake mix that last yeah. a year. You might as well, if you want to eat something fattening, there you go. There's your pancake mix. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was like nobody. I mean, I remember actually in the canned food section, I didn't have any problem grabbing canned foods. Yeah. Like it was all still there, but oh my gosh, COVID was just like nobody handled we are, it. We are going to look yeah. back at this as. as such a clown show. Yes. We're going to look back at this at like, why in the world was there plexiglass at, for the cashiers? What's that doing? And then they, they only, they have that there to just reach around and hand you your money. The the contacts there. And then they touch all your groceries too. So it was like proper measures were in place, but again, credit words too. It was a learning experience on everybody's part. Like every right. day there's something about the oh the virus sticks to to cardboard. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Like nobody knew. Nobody knew what it was gonna do. So right. it was one of those things like I think across the board, we all did not handle it correctly. And I think going forward, if there's ever another, which Bill Gates says there is, if there's ever another pandemic, we as Christians and people need to do a better job. They say shut down, reach out to those people you haven't talked to because you haven't had time. Right. Because chances are they're not doing anything either. No. You know, it's like you can still talk to people. Like we we need to handle it better this next the next time around whenever we have lockdowns and stuff like that again, if we allow a virus to do that again to ourselves. Right. So and then on a liar note, one of the comments over here, why is coffee seven dollars when you can make it for fifty cents a cup at home? If that ten cents maybe. Because brainwashing. Because yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what's in those freaking frappes? I've, had Fol- I just, I drink, I've been drinking Folgers my entire life. Don't mention Folgers. My just wife, fine. My wife absolutely, we do not, we, she doesn't like Folgers. See, I'm like, I, it's good. And this is the problem. And this is why people <laughs> spend $7 a cup on coffee. Exactly. I, it's it's just a like, status thing. I, used, I realized like last year I was doing like sales and everything I was doing on top of like getting my MBA, working. I think I clocked in like 2,800, 2,900 hours last year. I drink coffee, like venti, like Starbucks ones because I needed caffeine. I was drinking like three of them a day. Like I was, I spent about 20 bucks a day in freaking coffee. Yeah. Now I can't even go to Starbucks now and drink coffee because I'm like, right. this is just sickening. Got to get your caffeine oh, cheap. Yeah. So I buy <laughs> Uh, not a sponsor yet, but Mountain Dew at Energy Blast, Baja Blast, fire. Yeah. Good stuff. High in zinc. Very high. <laughs> not a sponsor yet. No. <laughs> so, but anyway, so I think that's 
last comment we'll read for the day. Uh, we want to appreciate everybody who watched us on the live stream. Uh, we are going to do these about three times a month. So tune in, follow us, get your comments read, interact with us. You'll see all the bloopers and reels and everything on the lives. And then for you all listening to our uh, show, either on uh, whatever streaming platform you have, um, you know, hopefully we're rolling out more episodes this month. And then, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to the first episode. This thank is you. Zach. I'm Gray. And we appreciate you for listening to the Glazed Donut Project. Thank you for being here.